Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. One of the things I've been surprised at as I've been, was we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, you know, I already can't come to the Scriptures with uh, the, the understanding, the belief that when, when we come to the Bible, it's not just a bunch of disconnected verses, but that the Bible holds together as, uh, as one whole. And, and we don't just look at a verse and take it out of context from what's around it, but we look what's in that verse, what's in the surrounding verses, what's in the whole chapter, what's in the surrounding chapters. And when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, um, maybe I was guilty before I came to this to preach through it of, of seeing it more in a disconnected fashion. But I've seen as, as we've gone through this glorious sermon that Jesus preached, how it all fits together. Jesus, uh, uh, you know, he begins by telling us how to be happy and he flips our idea of happiness on its head. And then he tells us how all of our attempts at law keeping aren't good enough. And he tells us about how all of our attempts at doing good deeds aren't good enough. And he tells us not to worry. He tells us even our worry reveals a lack of faith. And He tells us not to judge others, not to think that we're better in some way, but to look at our own sin first. Jesus comes to where we are today and He warns us. He tells us that there's basically two ways. And this was reflected in the Proverbs and from what Amy read. She read... uh, A longer section, but the verse that I wanted us to pay attention to was verse 12, which says, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but its end thereof leads to death. We see that throughout the Proverbs and throughout the Old Testament and Jesus teaching Himself. There are two ways to live. There is a narrow way that is hard, that is difficult. It is the way, though, that leads to life everlasting. And there is a broad road that is easy, and there are many that are going down this broad road to their destruction. And what I didn't see until this week as I was looking at this, I think what Jesus talks about in the verses following that as we close out the chapter... As we close out the sermon, he talks about different things that can pull us away from that narrow way. He talks about distractions from the narrow way, these false teachers that can distract us and and push us in a different direction than this narrow way. He tells us and he he warns us about uh, a distortion of the narrow way. I think that's legalism. Where... People who come to Him on the last day, they're saying, look at what I did. Look at what I did instead of saying, thank you Jesus for what you did. And then there's a denial of the narrow way. Jesus says that the one who hears His words and does what it says, 
are like a man who builds his house on the rock. If we're going to follow the narrow way, then when we hear God's word, we're not going to deny the narrow way. We're going to do what he says. So I think it all fits together. Let's look at our text and read uh, Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse uh, 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Or figs from thistles, so every healthy tree bears fruit, bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Now, everyone who says to me, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness." Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded upon the rock. And everyone who does these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. Father, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, let us not be just hearers only. By being hearers only, we would just be one who builds his house upon the sand. Lord, let us be doers of your word, who, who hear what it is you say and we put them into practice. Father, help us to strive to enter the narrow gate Lord, not to be swept away by the ways of the world, but to swim upstream. Father, we pray that, uh, Lord, you would empower us by your Holy Spirit to do your will, to do your work. Father, we pray also, Lord, I pray for myself. Lord, my authority is not my own. As I stand here as a preacher, the only authority that is here is the authority that comes from your word. Lord, I pray that you would help me to be faithful. I 
pray that you would help me to be bold. Lord, I pray that uh, we would hear your word above anything that would be just my own thoughts or imaginations. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us by your divine word and by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus begins with what I think here is the main point. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. The first thing I think we should notice is it says the narrow gate. It doesn't say a narrow gate. It says the narrow gate. There is one way into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus called himself the gate in John chapter 10. In John chapter 14, verse 16, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus teaching Christianity is an exclusive gospel. There is only one way. You cannot come to the Father through Buddha. You cannot come to the Father through Mormonism. You cannot come to the Father through any other way than through Jesus Christ, the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, the One who gave His life for our sins. There is one gate, and it is narrow. But there is another gate, but it does not lead to life. It is a wide gate. It is the gate that most people in the history of humanity have gone through and are going through. It is the gate of just going with the flow of our culture and our surroundings, of basically just doing whatever you want. It is narrow, it is hard to follow Jesus, but it is easy to go to hell. All you have to do is do what you want. And you can be pretty happy for about 70 years, give or take 20 or more. But the end thereof leads to destruction. There is a narrow way and there is a broad way Any other way than through the gate of Jesus Christ is the broad way. You can try to find your way through moralism, through spiritual experiences, mysticism, all kinds of things. But the only way, Jesus says, is trusting in Him, in His blood, in His atonement for us. That is the narrow way. And there are few who find it. There are few who find it. Most people in the world go down the broad road that leads to destruction. Most of our neighbors, when we look out at those who live in our community, and when we drive to church on a Sunday morning and we see people jogging down the streets instead of going to church, going to church doesn't save you. But... What can we assume? 
about somebody who's out walking their dog or jogging on a Sunday morning. They have no thoughts for God. They're just going the way of the world, following down the road that leads to destruction, the broad way. I don't say that as judgmental in any, in any sense. I'm just trying to say what Jesus is saying. The road is narrow that leads to life. Don't go with the flow. Swim upstream and look to Jesus. And then he talks about what I think is a distraction from the narrow way. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their good fruits. That's distraction, I think, is false teachers, false prophets. They've been around since the very beginning. Jesus, uh, John, whenever he's writing the book of 1 John, tells us there are already many antichrists. And how do we know the difference between the antichrists, little a, and those who are truly following the real Christ? He says it's those who uh, you know, confess Jesus, the Lord has come in the flesh. At that time, one of the false teachings that he was warning people about was the idea that Jesus didn't really come as a human being, but he just appeared to be human. But no, we really believe that Jesus came He was fully God. He took on humanity and became a human being, flesh like ours. And false teaching will distract you and lead you down the road to destruction. And in the early centuries of the Christian church, around three or four hundred, they were battling out over uh, what does the Bible teach about Jesus' godhood? And there were false teachers who said that, that, uh, that God was just one, but He was not three. And they denied that Jesus Himself was God. They said He was just a creation, a created being. Maybe the greatest of all created beings, but still just a created being. And this was false teaching that would lead down the wide road to destruction. True Christianity has always confessed Jesus is God. The Father is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. The Father is not the Spirit. The Spirit is not the Father. The Spirit is not the Son. And the Son is not the Spirit. But they are all three fully God. They are distinct from one another. Yet they are all God and there is only one God. That boggles our minds. That is the doctrine of the Trinity. And any deviation from that, such as modalism, that would say God uh, became the, God the Father, then became the Son, and then turned into the Holy Spirit later, and, and there was just the same God going through different modes and things like that. That's, that's not Trinitarian doctrine. That is false teaching. And it will lead down the road to destruction, the road to hell. 
few hundred years later, five or six hundred A.D., you have Islam coming on the scene. And Muhammad, he had contact with some Christians and some with, with some Jews, and he misunderstood what Christians even taught about Jesus. And so Muhammad, he says Jesus was a great prophet. He was just a good moral teacher. But he wasn't God. Again, this is false teaching that leads down the road to destruction. And then we come out to our modern day and you have groups like the Jehovah's Witnesses. They basically teach the same thing that they were teaching in the 3rd century A.D. Where Jesus may have been a great creation, the first creation of all things, but He wasn't God Himself. False teaching that will lead down the road to destruction. You have Mormonism. Mormonism, another false view of who Jesus is. They say that God the Father was once a human being who lived on another planet somewhere and that He had spirit children and the first of those spirit children was Jesus and Satan was another one that was Jesus' brother. And... and I don't know the whole story of, of their theology, but basically they believe that human beings now can become gods by being good Mormons and living out good Mormon lives. And then one day you can grow up and have your own planet whenever you die and populate it with spirit children. That is false teaching. They talk about Jesus. They might talk about the gospel. They may talk about the way. But the Jesus they talk about is not the Jesus of the Bible. It is the way, the broad way that leads to destruction, that leads to hell. There is one way. And one of the, main, one of the major distractions from the narrow way is false teaching. I'm going to give one more false teaching. And that is the prosperity gospel. And they will wave their Bible and they'll look just like other preachers. They'll maybe even have the same doctrine of the Trinity that they believe. But they'll make Christianity into a business. And they'll say, send me money and God will bless you. That's false teaching. They are ravenous wolves seeking whom they may devour. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing that are inwardly ravenous wolves. Stay away from false prophets. And then there's a distortion of the narrow way. Jesus said in verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, what we did, 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 did we prophesy? Did we not prophesy in your name? And cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Notice one thing here. They get who Jesus is right. They say, Lord, Lord. They identify Jesus with the God of the Old Testament. He is God. They don't get their theology wrong there. But what are they trusting in? 
When Jesus asked them, why should I let you into heaven? What do they say? I did many things in your name. I cast out demons in your name. I did miracles in your name. And they're pointing to what they have done. When we go and stand before our judge one day, if he were to ask us, why should I let you into my heaven? He will not accept any other answer than the narrow way. It will not be good enough to say, well, I was a church member. It will not be good enough to say, I walked down an aisle and prayed a prayer. It will not be good enough to say, well, I was baptized. It will not be good enough to say, I was a preacher. It will not be good enough to say, I sung specials in church. It will not be good enough to say, my grandma was always praying for me. None of those things will ever get us into heaven. None of our works, I gave much to the poor. None of those things will get us into heaven. The only thing that we can say whenever Jesus looks and says, what have you, what, why should I let you into my heaven? We say, it is enough that Jesus died and that He died for me. We say, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me, now safe am I. The only answer we can give is Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. There is only one answer for the narrow way. I haven't got any reason why you should let me in, but only Jesus. Only what He has done for me. Legalism is a distraction. It's a distortion of the narrow way. And then finally, libertinism. A denial of the narrow way. Jesus says in verse 24, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came up, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded upon the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does them does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came up and the winds blew and, the, and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. What does Jesus say was the one who built his house on the rock? He says, everyone who then hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Now, I don't want us to get confused here. Well, Jesus, I thought you said it's not going to be our good works that get us into heaven. Are, are you con- contradicting yourself? Let's, get, let's not get the cart before the horse. We are saved by faith in Jesus, what He did on the cross. And when He saves us, we are changed. The Spirit is put within us. We are changed. We no longer live like we used to live. It is a result of the fact of being saved. It is not something that saves us. It is not how we earn our salvation, but we are changed. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. And we live in a different way. We want to do His will. So the big difference there is the motivation. Everyone who hears these words. You know, Jesus doesn't say, 
He's not here talking about those who don't hear. It's those who hear His Word and do it, and those who hear His words and don't do it. You know, it's a dangerous thing to come to church and hear a preacher preach. Or it's a dangerous thing to read your Bible if all we do is read it and it goes in as information and it doesn't come out into the practice of the way we live. It is a dangerous, dangerous thing. If you come here every Sunday and hear the preaching, whether you like it or not, and we don't leave the door changed, we don't walk out the door and do what the Bible says, then we are just heaping up condemnation for ourselves. We're finding, we're finding more and more reason to be condemned. Because we've heard and we've heard and we've heard. We've heard the warnings that Jesus has given over and over and over again. And every time we say no, it hardens our heart a little bit more. And it hardens our heart just a little bit more. That broad way that leads to destruction doesn't have any problem with religion. Just coming, doing your thing, even following traditions, keeping up because this is the way we've always done it. Broad way has no problem with that. But do we do what Jesus said to do? It is dangerous to ignore Jesus, to deny the narrow way. So there is a way that leads to life that is narrow, that is hard. It is one way, it is through the gate of Jesus Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. It is the way that we come to the Father through Jesus alone. Finally, let's look at the last verses. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at His teaching. For He was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. The crowds were all astonished at what Jesus was saying. You know, I talked about this before when Jesus would say, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you, Jesus was teaching them with authority. He wasn't just saying, well, it says here this. He was saying, I say to you. Now, as a preacher, and I stand up here before you every week, I'm very intentional about the fact that I try to anchor everything that I say in the text of Scripture. I, I don't. I try. I feel very uncomfortable anytime I were to, to go out on a limb and say something that's not anchored in the text. It doesn't say I've done a perfect job. I'm sure there are places where I've erred, but that makes me tremble. Jesus. He spoke with authority, not like the scribes or the Pharisees. I'm just a preacher, just a man. I cannot speak with the authority that Jesus had. But when we are here on a Sunday morning and I lift up this word and I proclaim what this book says, don't listen to me. I'm a, I'm a, I will fail you. I, I don't have any authority in me. 
Listen to this book. Listen to this book. Listen to what Jesus says through its pages. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. It doesn't matter what I say. It matters what Jesus says. His sheep will hear His voice. They will follow Him. So, there's a narrow way. A way to life that is narrow and few find it. There is a way to death that is broad. Most people are going there and it goes to destruction. I'll tell you what, the only way to get there is to follow the voice of the shepherd, the one who spoke this sermon, who had authority. Don't say when you stand before God, well, I did what the preacher said. Listen to the voice of the master. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.